Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, the Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to my podcast, Michelle. I'm really excited to have you here, a fellow North American. <laughs> yes. Hello, George. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. And yes, it's wonderful. I am a fellow North American. Yes. And more than that, also a fellow English teacher. Yes. Right? So we share that as well. And we also work in Germany. Right? Yes. So we have a lot true. of things in common. It's amazing. Right? Oh, this <laughs> is cool. World. This is really, really cool. When I found you on LinkedIn, I'm like, oh, this is exciting. Okay? I have to have her on my podcast to share her experiences and her expertise with the audience. So first of all, of course, we need to do introductions. Tell us, mm -hmm. who are you? Who am I? That is a fabulous question. Um, my name is Michelle Charles. Yeah, I'm an American native speaker of English from uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, originally. And I have been living in Germany for 15 years. I am a business English coach soft skills trainer, international communications consultant, and the founder of Michelle Charles English. Cool. And how long have you been doing this for? For 15 years. 15 yeah. Years. In Germany. Wow. Yeah. There have been periods where I have worked for companies. So I have, I have been the in-house in business English trainer, for example, or provided translation services. So generally speaking, 15 years in Germany, but I had a full career in the United States in uh, dialogue facilitation, community development work, human resources, consulting and support um, long before I moved to Germany. That's cool. And so I think before we, we started the call, you told me that you've been in Germany for 20 years. After so long, there must be something 15. you love about. Oh, 15. 15. Okay, 15, 15. years mm -hmm. in Germany. In Germany. So for That's as right. long as you've been in Germany, you've been working as a... That's right. As, as a trainer. business English yeah. teacher, now coach. Yes, that's right. Cool, cool. Mm -hmm. What is it that you like about this country, right? The listeners, most of them are German. So we want to mm -hmm. give them their flowers about their country. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, coming from the United States, it was quite a... It was clear to me early on that German culture is very organized. You know, that's the reputation. And it turned out to be absolutely true for me. And I really enjoy the peacefulness, the sense of tranquility, ability to just go about your day. Yeah. And um, without any stress. Things are managed very well in Germany, and I really appreciate that very much. I think so. It, it's probably the same experience for me. Mm. Organization is something I really highly appreciate yeah. about the Germans and also something that I learned along the way, mm -hmm. especially because I'm self-employed. When you're self-employed, mm -hmm. you need to be disciplined or else you're not going to have a business That's right. and self-motivated. So learning these organizational skills, yeah. uh, efficiency skills, have really helped me in my professional life. So thank you, Germany. Thank you, Germans. Yeah, for thank you, Germany. <laughs> oh, well. mm -hmm. I agree. Right? It's always funny because I, I like to joke in a way, but it's really true. I always tell Germans how much I love Germany. And to mm -hmm. them, they can't understand it because like, what, you're from Canada. <laughs> what are you doing here? 
<laughs> well, I want to be here, right? Yeah. I love your country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so many things that I appreciate about Germany. Yeah. So tell me, what is our topic? It was you who gave me the topic, and it's a really, mm. really great topic. So can you give us a little introduction? What are we going to talk about today? Okay. Well, I really am glad that you like the topic. I had introduced the idea of talking about how to think in English, the process mm. of thinking in English. Mm -hmm. That was the, I thought that it was time to bring this topic out into the open and to help people to recognize the need that has arisen for it to be able to give a name to this need that in my past experience, since the beginning of my time um, teaching in, in English in Germany, I have, I have looked people in the eye um, when I used to go on site um, at com uh, to companies and they would ask me after I used to have to use the traditional materials, workbooks and so on, fill in the blanks and all of those uh, exercises. And they would ask me, you know, how do I apply this in a conversation? You know, basically, how can people turn information into knowledge? Mm. After so many years of hard work, so many years of taking lessons, I once took an informal survey and discovered that uh, the average German takes between seven and 10 years worth of English language lessons. Mm -hmm. On average, yeah, and the I think it's time that that people were rewarded with results. Yeah, no, I definitely saw one of my biggest challenges as a, as an English teacher is trying to change the way they think about the language because yeah. of what the education system did to them, which was very <laughs> heavily focused on grammar and yeah. on right and wrong. That's right. So I always tell people, it's not about perfection. It's about communication. Does the other person understand what I said? Good. I did my job. Do I understand them? No? Okay. Then I have to ask further for more mm -hmm. questions. But if I'm always thinking, I have to be perfect. I have to say it in the correct tense. Then you don't even speak because you're too scared. That's right. That's right. And then That's there right. is no communication. There is no dialogue. And there is no progress. Because right. if you're too afraid to speak, then you're not going to actually develop your speaking skills. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. right? So that's been my biggest challenge is how do I reframe their thinking towards the language and language learning as a whole? Yes. Okay. So here's, here is the, the process that I developed. Number one, um, this process is, should be done with advanced learners. All right. So this process should be done with advanced learners. Those at the beginner level can still benefit from sort of the pedagogical approach because the structure is necessary. Absolutely. The repetition is necessary. The They're trying to build some foundation. That's right. right? You know, mm -hmm. so that's sort of the first caveat. Yeah. But what we're talking about when we want to help people to learn how to think in English, it begins with a shift in the mindset. So yeah. what is that mindset, sh mindset shift? What is that? <laughs> yeah, the mindset shift is basically what you had um, mentioned earlier. Yeah, this mindset that was formed in the classroom 
where uh, people were trained through a translation process or to use a translation process, and people were trained to only look at right and wrong. You know, and that habit, I call them bad habits for speaking English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's possible to develop good habits for speaking English. So these bad habits for speaking English are the, the school English habits that people still carry around with them and wish that they could get beyond or get past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the first um, habit is this translation process. Communicating first in the mind, you know, in their own native language, and then thinking that in real time, a translation process can occur that would be accurate, mm-hmm. and then trying to speak it. So it can work to an extent, but if we are reacting to what another person says, we cannot predict in advance what that person will say so that we can formulate our response and put it through a translation process. Yeah. Yeah? So I I tend to say that um, the translation process has to go through at least three steps. So you formulate your original thought in your your mother tongue, then you translate it word for word. Then you have to try to create meaning Mm -hmm. from the translation, and that's where people get stuck. Yeah, I'll give you an example. In the past, I used to say, das ist mehr wichtig. Because I was Mm -hmm. translating literally from English, that is more important. Mm -hmm. With time, I had to just (laughs) kind of separate. It's not like English. Das ist wichtiger. Yeah, genau. Whereas I I still have, I had students who say, that is importanter, which is a funny word in English, right? Importanter. (laughs) No. But you can't say that in English. Then you have to separate it in English to more important. To be able to understand English is a different language That's right. to German. That's a good first step to take. <laughs> right. And basically what we're moving into is the idea of accepting the language mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I've often heard, and I'm sure you've often heard as well, you know, why can't English be more like German? Why can't English be mm-hmm. more like mm-hmm. Spanish? Why can't English be... But in be... my language is like this. Yes. In German, we do it like that. I'm like, but this is not German. Right. And much of the lesson, which I call sessions, because as a coach, I don't believe that with advanced learners, there are lessons Mm. to be taught. There are, within our sessions, we work together towards advancement. The lessons have already been taught. We need to unpack those Mm. lessons Mm. and take a close look at the meaning behind those lessons. Yeah. Yeah. So, How can I apply them practically? Yeah. Right. Now, within the sessions, there's new information that can be exchanged, mm-hmm. for example. But again, it's, it's, it's not a lesson that's taught. Adults learn differently, of course, we know this, than children. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that differentiates the learning process for adults is this idea of Passing new information through a set or a series of filters. Mm. Is this true? In my professional or personal experience, have I encountered this before? Yeah. How can this be applied in a practical way? I don't have a lot of time for this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
you know, so taking into account the the adult approach or the need um, that adults have for for accepting new information, then we need to customize, I'll say. Yeah, I think so. Every student has different needs. So That's how right. can I make sure that I'm providing you value? That's right. right to f- kind of fill those needs, right? So That's right. for some might be preparing for the interview process, for another one, a presentation, another one, a meeting with a client. Yeah. So how do you prepare them for those specific things? Right. Um, yeah. Right. Over time, I also had to develop my, my skills and my techniques. Because I did realize just going through this one size fits all method doesn't work. No, it doesn't. But it's, I mean, it's at the same time, I think it's, it's necessary for, um, especially the beginner levels. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, your listeners, our listeners, it's important for people to understand that it's okay to be where you are right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because this thinking in English, this process, as I said earlier, it fills a gap. Okay. The gap between receiving information and turning that information into knowledge. And that gap takes time to get mm-hmm. across. And one of the ways that this process helps people to manage the shift from this information stage to the knowledge stage that can be used more spontaneously is um, the the way that it it helps people to manage their expectations. One of the things I think that you've probably experienced as well is sort of how people get impatient with themselves. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is something that I work really hard to help people to avoid. I think it's very important that people maintain a high level of self-confidence mm-hmm. as they bridge, move across this gap. Yeah. yeah. Um, that phase or that stage of movement, I like to call um, letting go of the side of the pool. Okay, cool. Yeah. And you, you've talked about some of the things that you you still do or you learn as a, as a new swimmer. I learned to swim, I don't know, maybe about five, six years ago. Yeah. And I still hold on to the side of the pool. I'm not a great swimmer. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah. And it's the same idea for when a person begins this process where they've gotten so frustrated with the lack of progress that they now are ready to accept the need to think in English, which means letting go of the um, the desire for English to be like their native t- native tongue, mm-hmm. native language. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, but when I start working with someone, they ask, I ask them, "What are your goals? I want to be like a native speaker." Yeah. And I tell them it's unrealistic. <laughs> right. Like, of course, I would like to tell them. Yeah. That, yeah, of course, you can speak exactly like me one day, but I don't know why that's a necessary goal to sound like a native speaker. Well, for me, is like as long as you're improving, as long as you're working on that one percent rules, what I go with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. taking those small steps so that you're a little bit better than you were the day before, you will get to a place where you'll look back and say, Wow, look how far I've come. Because if you set it so high, I find then you are easily 
discouraged when it doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. I agree. I agree. But being also a soft skills trainer, (laughs) you know, um, I tend to approach this topic in a a slightly different way because Mm -hmm. it is for it, it's 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 a very lofty goal, and of course, what is a native like a native exactly. speaker? Even speakers are imperfect. Yeah. Exactly. You know? So I think that this goes back to how English was introduced to people. English is not a language that is popular among people as a personal choice, like French, for example, or Italian. Yeah, yeah, it's more mandatory. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And it being mandatory, it it it's taught in a way that limits people's understanding of it, focus within it to mainly test taking. Yes. So one of the first things that people say is, you know, I'm level B2, I'm level C1. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that translates in people's minds as the higher um, I score, the more like a native speaker I must Mm, be able to speak. mm -hmm. You're right. So I try to be a bit more sensitive. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) No, for sure. And I think it's a very great point. It's just how do they define native speaker? That's right. right? But yeah, no, it's it's a very good point. I think I can probably communicate it <laughs> differently. <laughs> right. Because I, I remember one time there was a, a young man and he told me, I'm applying for a managerial position. Yeah. And the job begins in three months. So <laughs> you need to have a C1 level in three months. And if being honest, he was like an A2. He was oh, a very... Could really? barely understand me. Oh, <laughs> no. And I said, okay, if we're lucky, we might be able to get you to A2.2. <laughs> Maybe B1. Three months. Really? Yeah, in a three month period. And I said, okay, I, I understand. I, I'm a dreamer myself and I love dreaming. And I, but I also understand what is possible when you're a full time employee and you mm-hmm. have a family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, th- I think someone was telling me about today. It's not about the destination; it's about the journey. So I want to focus more on the journey, on enjoying mm-hmm. this process. We are so lucky that we get to learn. My mother, when she was twelve years old, her father said, "Girls don't deserve to learn." She comes from no. Guatemala, mm-hmm. from Central America, right? And it's a very, it was another mentality. It was another culture. Twelve years old, no more school for you. You need to come and what? work in the family business. Ay ay ay. So, like, there's a lot of people in Afghanistan today that are girls who want to go to school and cannot. We are so lucky that we have the possibility to learn. Yeah. This is an option for us. So let's enjoy it. Yes. I mean, as you said, you know, I, you're a dreamer. (laughs) the the reality and i'm a dreamer as well you know otherwise i would not have moved to another country to live Mm -hmm. but the reality of the situation is that in our modern society we are we are that is a luxury we are not afforded the luxury of dreaming our way towards a goal 
we have a clock that's mm-hmm. always ticking, you yeah. know, above our heads. There's responsibilities. We right? have contracts to, to fulfill. We've signed on the dotted line and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So within that context, yeah, helping people, again, this is why I call myself a coach, helping people to manage, organize their thinking so that we run several tracks in parallel. So on the one hand, we have the need to be accurate or be more accurate or to be as accurate as we possibly can be. So that has to be addressed. And my proposal with my clients is that we will take care of this. I have my own um, materials that I've developed and approaches, certain tools and things like that. But at the same time, in our discussions, in our larger, when when we focus on the broader topics, like what you do at work with certain people, what you are looking forward to doing, what you need to prepare for, Mm -hmm. this is where the approaches like moving away from the translation process and adopting it, adopting more of a storytelling process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In its place. So I'd like to talk a little bit about yeah, the storytelling. Yeah. Okay. So when I mention this, when I bring this up, you know, people put it into the dreamer category, <laughs> you know, but I take it out of the dreamer category and put it, place it back at the center of the table. Yeah. Or, in the center of the table, depending on how you look at it. And this is what I mean. The speaker determines the meaning in mm-hmm. English. Yeah. In other languages, the, the meaning is determined by the grammar or a committee. So most people come from a language culture in which they can only say something a certain way. But in English, depending on how the picture or how the movie is playing in our own heads, the speaker's heads. That's how we make a choice about which parts of speech to choose. Mm. You know, if I say, for example, place it at the center of the table, I'm thinking about you across the table and in front of you, you know, at this spot or at, at, at the top of the agenda, so to speak, because it's a metaphor in, in the center of the table is what most people would want to hear because of the literal translation. But if we, we're talking in metaphors, then the speaker makes the decisions. And that's where storytelling comes in handy because number one, you don't have to rely on strict, specific vocabulary words to, to get a meaning across. You can describe an image in your mind. You can describe a situation. Uh, in my my blog articles, I write, um, you know, point. I make points like this, where if you can't think about, if you can't imagine a specific vocabulary word, people have learned vocabulary words through the use of lists or flashcards. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, people aren't aware of the fact that the order of these lists or the order of these words never changes. Yeah, so they've that trained... affects your, how you learn it. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're looking for a word in a conversation, basically what you're doing is you're going through a list point by point by point by point by point, word by word, until you never find the word because it's not there. <laughs> it's not on the list. It's not on the flashcard or it's at the very bottom. And by that point, by that time, 
the conversation has moved on to a different topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tell my students, if we're talking and there's one word that you don't understand, continue trying to listen because what they'll do is they'll start to focus on that one word. I'm like, I know that George taught me that word before, but I keep talking. Yeah. And then when they return to listen to me, they're completely <laughs> lost. I'm like, That's don't right. focus on individual words. Focus on the context. What is the general idea that I'm trying to tell you? Right. And if you or, don't understand, yeah. another issue is they won't ask because yeah. there's this feeling, I don't want to look stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, no, asking questions is what allows for clarity and for comprehension. So we need to ask questions. Right. And again, that's a soft skill. Mm-hmm. Because that is a, a consideration that you're giving to the speaker. You know, you, it's, it's rude. It's impolite to allow a speaker to go on and on and on. And then yeah, just if sort you of, don't even know what they're saying uh, to you anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Engage with the, the person yeah. that you're supposed to be listening mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and pose that question. Ask the question and you can just just apologize. I'm sorry, you know. I got yeah, caught up on this one exactly. word, or could you just, I, I, this is what I understand so far. Mm-hmm. Oh, t- since I've been doing this for many years, I know that they're not going to tell me, but I can see how their face <laughs> kind of twitches a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I, I stop myself. Mm. Like, does that make sense? And then they kind of look at me. Yeah. Yeah. And then I mean, I'll try to elaborate. Yeah. But it is tricky because a lot of people just won't tell you. No, and it's this is a habit that gets perpetuated, and so this is one of the insights. In the sessions, these are opportunities to break these habits. Absolutely, yeah. To look <laughs> for an alternative way, right? To think about the language process differently and then also behave and speak differently. I tell students that when we're in the, the session, I'm like the bumpers at bowling, mm-hmm. right? I just want them to speak, throw that ball, however, with bad grammar, but just throw it. And then it's my job to kind of like return you to the center. So you actually hit Mm -hmm. the pins. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to be like uh, at the house or in the house or on the house, you're constantly stopping. You're not even trying anymore Mm because you're too afraid to make a mistake. So just speak freely and I will correct you. You'll see it in the chat. I'll send you the the corrections in the chat, but don't stop. Another analogy I use is the steam train. Once that train gets moving, don't stop it. (laughs) Just keep (laughs) it going. Keep it going. Right. And then I will help you along the way to make those corrections. But I don't want you stopping yourself every other sentence to say, is that correct? Is that no. the right word? Right? Did I, is <laughs> yeah, that the correct that's a bad habit. Shame, 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 yeah. shame. We will stop that behavior. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking, excuse me, some of the theory for um, uh, behind business English, teaching, training, coaching. I think it's important for, for, for clients to, to be aware of some of that sometimes. Uh, folks know. They have some idea of what they were told, you know, sort of passive, you know, and active uses Mm -hmm. of, you know, different parts of the language. Fine. But here's a moment where we could introduce the idea of fluency versus accuracy. Mm. Some people, most people want to be accurate. 
all of their grammar is perfect. Yeah. You know, the vocabulary words are always the, the right choice and, and syntax and everything else is great. But then um, that can come at the price of fluency. And fluency is not the same as accuracy. Fluency mm. is fluid. It's just speaking. Yeah, it's without. like a river. It right. flows. Mm-hmm. And fluency tends to have more errors than someone who is highly accurate. But that's where the balance comes in. And to bridge Absolutely. that gap, once again, you know, we have to introduce this idea of thinking in English rather than going through this process of filtering or translating. I really like this idea of the balance, right? Because a lot of times I will focus a lot on the fluency aspect of just being fluid in mm-hmm. your speech and just saying whatever comes out. And then I'll find certain students who will make the exact same mistake over and over and over and over and over again and not correct it. And I'm like, okay, there are, there's also a moment where we have to really sit down and say, okay, why is this mistake continuing to happen? How can we yeah. work on that, the accuracy of this thing? Because it's actually changing the meaning. Yeah. Right? So for pronunciation, I had one student, she was talking about the, the power grid. Mm-hmm. She just kept talking about greed. Greed. And I was lost. <laughs> greed. Oh, I'm no. like, what does greed have to do <laughs> with anything here? And the then it hit me. She's trying to really? say grid. Oh, wow. Right? Really? Yeah. So there are moments where your pronunciation will change the meaning and make it difficult. Yeah, for the make it difficult for the other person. Yeah. So that's where in those moments we have to be accurate. So there is yes. a balance. There's yeah. definitely a balance. If I'm too far into that side of accuracy, I'm not even trying because I'm too scared to make a mistake. If I'm mm-hmm. so far on the other side that I don't care, I'm also confusing people because I continue yeah. to make mistakes and I'm not willing to actually sit down and say, okay, well, let's work on some of these things to yeah. correct it so that people right. understand me as well as possible. Right. right. There's that balance. I like that. The idea mm-hmm. of the balance. So and the, one of the things that I think that we can also maybe add to this conversation is that developing or advancing in one's ability to speak English at a, a higher level um, requires a workout. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost like a physical workout. This, this, this example, this pronunciation issue that came up grid or greed now that can happen if someone reads a word and never hears it pronounced within that context for example so that they can make a match between what they see and what they hear mm-hmm. yeah but there's also the issue that i i work really hard with with my clients is to develop the muscles and the neural pathways in the brain This is about thinking in English, folks. (laughs) The neural pathways in the brain that that support the correct usage of these motor skills that are involved in speaking. We don't think about the motor skills Mm. that are associated with developing advanced language abilities. Our tongues, our teeth, our faces. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of nonverbal as well that goes into it. Right. They have to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we speak German, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> there is no way. Mm. I mean, there shouldn't be any way that we mispronounce, you know, the words that we want people to understand, especially if we go to, you know, a government office, for example, or mm. a doctor's office. Pronunciation and knowing the difference between how your lips should shape themselves around a particular sound mm -hmm. in German versus in English is also important. So the neural pathways play a role, yeah, in improving. Mm. And it requires effort. What I find a lot of times is people want results with little effort. Yeah. So and I tell them, you get what you give. <laughs> so I believe in that slow and steady that we make slow progression because I understand life, life gets mm -hmm. in the way. But mm -hmm. if all I do is make excuses and I make no effort and I still expect results yeah. and I say, Hey, I'm sorry, I'm not a magician. All right. So it requires effort. Oh, that's difficult. I'm like, yes, it is. And that's, that's cool. Like but difficult okay. is great. Because yeah. if I only want things to be easy, then you're not really going to learn or grow or develop. Right. right. With the, so, the key is grow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's fun. It can mm -hmm. definitely be fun in an experience and an adventure, but it also requires effort. And That's if we right. put in the time, we put in the effort, you will see results. Any final words, anything that you want to add at the end for people in that process themselves of saying, hey, I want to take that next step. Right. I have this school English, but I want to actually be more fluid in my communication, more confident. That's right. Well, of course, one thing that I would recommend is that you get in touch with me if you wish. <laughs> um, I have I'll a website. I'll leave those links in the show notes. Yeah, that's great. Um, thank you. Uh, because I can, I can help you to move beyond where you are currently using some of the processes that we discussed today, um, but also with some of the other, some other materials that I have developed on my website, for example, uh, I have a blog as well. And within that blog, each blog has a vocabulary bank. And that vocabulary bank serves as the, the, the foundation of crossword puzzles that are also available on my website. And games where passages of the blog are put together and you have to rearrange them so that they make sense again. Or, um, let's see, so it's crossword puzzles and games. Yes. And also the blogs, I record them. There are audio versions of the blog. Mm. Yeah. So folks can download the, the, the audio recordings if they like and listen when they have time or listen to it as they read along and adopt this idea of slowly letting go of the side of the pool mm, yeah, mm. and becoming less dependent on translation processes and the exactly. need to be accurate. Yeah. yeah? Balance. Mm. Yeah. And then we can all be swimmers. <laughs> That's right. Together. Right. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle, for your time, for your My wisdom, pleasure, for your experiences. Oh. And I look forward to doing another podcast episode. Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you, you so much. If you have another cool idea, let me know. <laughs> I surely yeah. will. Thanks awesome. so much for having me. Thank you. I had a great time. Thanks.
Thank you, Michelle, for your wisdom and advice. We can all learn to develop our English brains and to stop translating from our native tongues. With practice and a positive attitude, we can reach our language goals. Question for you. How comfortable do you feel with your current English level? If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. If you're looking to improve your English communication, sign up for my speaking mastery course. You can click on the link in the show notes for more information. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.